looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental. One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS. Helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things. The iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. And we're live. Good morning. Look at that. Emilio's already popped on. He's the first one. Of course, Dude, Emilio, he is a beast. You know, I uh, I got to room with him when we went to uh, Daniel Gomez's. And uh, he likes to get up at the crack of dawn. Like, you know, I like early. I'm a 536 o'clock guy. He's like a 330 guy. Yeah, he's up okay. ready to go. Okay, I'm not rooming with Amelia. Love you, dude, but yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, no. that's how he is. He's ready to rock and roll, man. But then again, he kind of goes to bed like a grandpa. You know, I got to go to bed at seven thirty, eight o'clock. You know what I mean? So his wife's yep. on there too. It's all balance. It's all balance. <laughs> it's all okay. balance. No. Well, good morning, Jeremy. I, this is uh, this uh, appropriate as we were just talking off camera that we've got Father's Day coming up, and you've got a kind of a gift for you know dealing with uh, helping men. So I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself and what you do, and then we're just going to dabble right into some stuff. i got some good questions for you. Fantastic. Well, Mark, thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, right before Father's Day is like, dude, I love this. So for those of you, ladies and gentlemen, who don't know me, you know those kids that are like a million questions going everywhere all at once, and they're super hard to focus? Yeah, that was me. From falling asleep in the crib, standing up, raised on a leash to keep me out of traffic, climbing on the roof of the house when I was four years old, even getting lost in a Turkish bazaar for almost an hour to getting kicked out of gifted programs in middle school, being grounded for bad grades while also being the lead in my high school play. And then tension with a military dad who never quite knew how to reach me. And now because of my mentorship, actually in the martial arts as a young adult, I'm a mentor to fathers and husbands and their kids. I'm a Kung Fu master, a best-selling author, and in my martial arts school, I saw a lot of problems in families. Parents would bring their kids to me to quote, unquote, fix them. And really, it was about unlocking strategies with the kids to help them process and parents loving their kids, but not always knowing how to reach them because kids are in a different place. Society's a different place. The love was always obvious to me. And it was a matter of just tweaking specific angles. And that's what led me to write my parenting book. And it led me into parenting and coaching. So now as a husband and father, I know firsthand the importance of showing up for your family every day and not just for your kids, but showing up for your wife as well. Everything's a lesson with our kids, even the things we don't mean to teach them because they're always watching, they're always listening. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping dads to show up as the man they were truly meant to be and why I created what I call the Roadmap to Relationship Mastery for Men. The tools, strategies, everything is to help be a better father. And it's what I also use to help build a better relationship with my dad too. And that's why I'm excited. So that's a quick intro and let's hit Good. it. So let's talk about your martial arts background first. Now, do you still have a school today or do you just kind no. of practice on your own? So what, yeah. what, when did you start that? Let's talk about that. 
All right. So I started in 95 in Dayton, Ohio, under mm -hmm. Grandmaster Benny Ming, founder of uh, the Wing Chun Museum. So it's it's Shaolin, it's Wing Chun. You know, Bruce Lee is my my Sibak Gong, my older Kung Fu granduncle. Uh, my Sifu's Sifu, my teacher's teacher, was Bruce Lee's younger Kung Fu brother. So we're all in the same family in the Yip Man lineage. And then my Sifu has traveled the world in researching our system, how it connected in the secret societies, how it was preserved in all these different places. So a lot of really cool stuff there. And I started assisting classes really about my third month and duck to water. It was like, I was in a, I was not in a great place. I was in a sandpaper factory. I hated life. I hated myself. Like I was in a really dark place and martial arts was amazing because whatever your thoughts, whatever your beliefs, having a room full of guys that can just hand you your butt gets you into reality mm -hmm. real quick. Oh yeah, it does. And so that <laughs> took my ego down and I uh, started my own school in 2004 as a club. And I ran that through 2021. Um, once my daughter was born, my priorities sort of shifted and I really felt pulled to be like home more and, you know, running a martial arts school, second shift, five, six days a week. Um, it just got harder and harder. I still love teaching, but I don't really love managing and selling martial art lessons. So with COVID, it kind of pushed things down um, in Ohio, where we lived at the time. Um, everything shut down for months, which basically like killed the school. And I closed it in 21 to focus on um, coaching and doing more full time with dads. And that's where I am now. Oh, that's good. So now when you start, how old were you back then when you first started? Were you I was in a teenage? Oh, you're 20. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's something we have in common. I didn't start as a kid in martial arts either. I was also um, around probably 21, 2021 myself. I wish I'd had it when I was a little kid, but uh, it it definitely, I was the same as you talking about dark places and that funny. And, and I was a, I didn't do martial arts so that I could learn to fight because I felt I was already there because I enjoy, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed fighting. And, uh, boy, I've had that real quick. I wasn't the baddest boy in the, in the, in the, when you're in a group of guys that that's what they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You find quick. You're not, there's a pecking order and uh, I wasn't it just yet. You know, I had to, I had to earn my way to be the pit bull. Yeah. I remember I met one of my one of my closest Kung Fu brothers, Master Chongo, and first day I met him, I don't know this guy, I don't know how long he's been training, I don't know nothing about him. He goes to shake hands, and I'm like, oh, I don't shake hands. He's like, oh, why is that? And it's like, well, shaking hands is a symbol among ancient warrior cultures that means you're you know, not holding a weapon, but you're a martial artist. You've trained your whole body to be a weapon. That makes you a liar. I don't believe in lying. <laughs> And so he hated my guts for three years and he was like, at the time he was Muslim and he was like praying to Allah that I would last till sparring. And I did. And he beat the crap out of me just every which way from Sunday. And I never got mad. I never took a person. I was like, cool. What'd you do? How'd you do that? And I would just keep coming back at him. And as he beat the crap out of me, he realized I'm not the egocentric jerk I present as there's something else going on with this guy. Um, but it was it was just amazing because like he had been training since he was five years old and he's five years older than me. So at that point, he already had 20 years in the martial arts. I had no clue. I just ran my mouth and got it handed to me. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Listen, man, it's still that way today, man. And I'll tell you, even as long as I've been doing it 
And then I really started training jujitsu in this past year. You know what I mean? And I'm mm -hmm. telling you, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother level of getting your ass handed to you. Yeah. Matter of fact, my son just tested last Saturday. He's done multiple black belts, but he just did his Krav Maga test with us. And then, nice. uh, so it was kind of fun to get on the mat with him. So I, I get on the mat and still, uh, on testing day and, and we did some, some, uh, no gi jujitsu for this test. And I went with my son. And that little punk, that little punk tapped me out. I told him, said, oh, <laughs> Hey, there's no loyalty on the you, map. You know, I said, Oh, you are going to pay next week, bro. That's right. And, That's uh, right. but you know, it's something, right. I was telling all my students, uh, it's weird how they've all been little kids with me and they've grown up with me and I've taught them and then they've gone off and opened up their own schools. And now they've become more, uh, peers and workout partners more than students now. Right. You know, I, I, I still have kind of a dad card on them that I have to pull out every once in a while, but man, I've raised some bad boys. So yeah. That's, that's one of the coolest. And I think a lot of parents struggle with that because when your kids hit puberty in a lot of ways, intellectually, they have the firepower to be your equal. They don't have the emotional intelligence. They don't have the life experience, but a lot of parent teen conflict is, the kids wouldn't make that decision based on what they know of the situation and they don't know all the full nuance, of course, but that's where a lot of that resistance between parents and teens shows up is I'm not just going to shut up and do it because you said so. There needs to be meat to the answer. And, and for a lot of parents, like, I don't want to get in this with you. Like you're a kid, like shut up. And it's, if you can, if you can respect their intellectual gearing and match it, that whole teen experience becomes a whole lot more fun and a lot easier to handle. But, Oh, it's it's a skill set that takes practice. Absolutely. Uh, that is, that is so true. I it's, it's, and how different they all are. As we spoke before, you know, when I was raising my kids, I was like, you know, I'm kind of that alpha dude. You know what I mean? I don't know if this is a friend of yours. Is Tony a friend of yours? Tony Brand? Yeah. Coach Tony. Yeah. Yes. Coach Tony. It's good to have you on the show. Thank you for showing up for us. Um, so I went, <laughs> As, as my boys now become men too, it's even different, right? Because when you're a teenager, it's one thing. And then you start getting into the, uh, to the next, it's like, oh man. And I said to my one son, my middle son, he's kind of my free spirit. Right. And I was like, man, you got to get up off your head. Let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> he looks at me dead in the eye and he goes, dad, all that raw, raw stuff that you do. I don't know. It's just not me. I'm just not, I don't motivate with that. And I'm like, what is wrong with you, dude? And so I'm like, what is mentally in your head that, that, that is, uh, that, that doesn't resonate. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what the heck, man? And so I guess when you mentor these men, when men come to you, what are they kind of coming with? Are they coming with marriage marriage issues? Or are they coming with kids issues? Well, if there's marriage issues, there's kids issues. So usually, yeah. Uh, you know, so let's let's dabble into what you do with a with a man when he first comes to you. What's he looking for? Yeah. So so usually there's a problem that needs to be solved. There's there's something that needs to be addressed, and and most guys are like problem solving. What do I need to do? Not really, you know. Why is this happening and where is this coming from? Like, like, let me just fix this thing and everything will be fine. And so we have to kind of be aware of that transactional problem solving because it's like, okay, here's a solution. 
great. And then later on, ah, oh, crap, I'm back in the weeds again. Oh, I'm crap. I'm back in the weeds again. And it's like, yeah, because we're dealing with superficial. Let's get to a lower level. Let's get to a deeper level and solve that problem at its core. And so that takes a little bit of time to kind of build rapport into and build relationship. So you know, hey, I got this problem going on with my wife. All right, cool. What's going on? Tell me about it. What do you want things to be instead? And I got to get that, like, where are you at? And what's the future? What's the compelling thing that's going to pull you forward? What do you really want? And then we can bridge that gap and put strategies in place, put ideas, ways of communicating, things like that. So it, it's really, how do you, like you said, with your, your middle son, how do I motivate someone whose motivational strategy is so completely different than mine? cool. You just got to unpack what they need, align vision and values, and you're back rolling again. But that requires getting out of your own model to see theirs. And that's where my zone of genius is. I'm not super attached to any particular approach or strategy. I'm much more interested in results than I am being right. And so it's just, okay, let's throw stuff out. Let's see where we get traction. How do we build that to, to create that? Make it effortless. Like, you know, when you're hitting... When, when you're hitting someone, you know, we'll go back to fighting, but when they're open and you tag right at that opening, it's like effortless and it's like, boom, like I've been in matches where I'll have to laugh because I got nailed and I'm like, oh, I was so open. He read that line. Like I laugh because I'm like, dude, nice. Respect that shot. Because like, oh, I did that to myself. You just saw it and took it. Cool. Good lesson. I'll, I'll adapt. Because it's like, I can't control what you do right. I can only control what I do wrong. And you hitting me is the feedback. And if you bring that in with your wife, with your kids, when they get upset, they get angry, they push back their whatever emotion, that's feedback. It's not that you did anything wrong. You did something and it produced a result and you're getting feedback. What are you going to do with it? Take it on and then make yourself resourceless and drive yourself into the pavement. And I'm the worst and I'm so dumb. You could do that. How does that help you? Okay, what else could you do? And then we can find other ways to, to move. So what's when when you're typically having somebody, uh, a male especially, I have, you know, I've spoke about this personally in, in my world, right? When I was going through a divorce, uh, pretty, um, I don't know, man, it was, pretty, it was pretty dark times there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Jeff, I hear what you're saying on that. Uh, that that's true. He put out there that uh, we are we're not our fathers, and our kids are not us. That was hard for me to learn. Yeah, so that's true. Really true. That's good. Jose's on here listening to you. How you doing, Jose? So, you know, I was telling people before that I had to get some anger in in check, right? So when you're dealing with your wife, kind of. Um, without getting super personal but when infidelity happens to you man i'm telling you man i was in some dark places man i wanted to do nothing but fight you know what i mean mm-hmm. absolutely and and uh super angry all the time and and i found that my trainer and stuff like that i i find that my circle of influence even at that time are men of the same type of mentality that i have right this um alpha you know working out this this type of thing is what what and who my circle was mm-hmm. and they are typically you know especially in the gym mentality and stuff like that they're typically kind of more aggressive let's just say that 
And I found myself saying, man, I'm going to have to go to do some anger management classes, man, because if I don't put this in check and I had no, I didn't have any tools on, on outside of, you know, beating a bag or getting in fight class and, and taking out my frustrations, maybe even on students, which I shouldn't have done, you know, uh, looking for the one that can really fight so I can have a good five, six rounds of, of just nothing but hard knocking. Yeah. And that didn't really, and even when it was done, it felt good at the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. But it really didn't do anything for me. And so I went to this, I, I had checked myself into this group thing and most of the guys there are court ordered. And man, I'm telling you, man, when I, and I really didn't want to, so here's the next thing, Jeremy, I didn't, as a guy, uh, I'm not a big kumbaya guy. I want to sit around the campfire mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk to you about my feelings and all that kind right. of shit. I just didn't yeah, do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And so when I went there, I was like, oh man, there's a group of guys and we're going to have to talk. But man, these guys were like on a whole different level of anger than what I was. Cause you know, they're court ordered, you know, bouncing their wives' heads off the bedpost and stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, I was like, God. what the heck, dude? Or, right. or, you know, it going spilling over into their own kids and stuff like that. I was like, oh man. And, but yeah, Dr. Green, man, he was so good for us as far as, you know, he didn't take any, he didn't take any shit. I tell you that, man, if you're late or, or whatever. If you were court ordered, man, he, he wasn't about it. So you, you know, he instilled discipline right out of the gate. I could see what he was doing, mm -hmm. but then he gave me kind of tools and it really helped me those six months, believe it or not, really kind of helped me out, kind of get me out of that, out of that mentality. So how much anger do you see that comes in from men? How much of that do you deal with from a man's perspective? Yeah, a lot. It's not always like overt or externally expressed. So it doesn't come out as, you know, hurting the wife, hurting the kids, breaking stuff, smashing holes, walls, things like that. It's more internal. And so it's alcohol, it's porn, it's horrible self-talk. It is self-sabotage. It's all these ways that there's basically, there's, there's two directions we can go. We can go external, right? Project mm -hmm. our stuff out, attack the things externally. And that's, you know, going into fighting and all that. And, and definitely kudos to you for going and getting support to work through and get different tools and resources because that's that's not the norm and it needs to be. It, it's just your your best is getting you where you are. Cool. You want to go somewhere else? Need a different best? That's fine. Hire it. You know, get into get into community. It's it's brilliant. So we take it outside. We attack the thing out there. Doesn't resolve anything. It just expunges the emotion in the moment, but that tension is still in us. That feeling of being violated, that feeling of being at effect, being punished is still there. And then on the other side, we can go internal and now we punish ourselves, right? I don't deserve to be successful. I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to be dot, dot, dot. And so we do disrespectful or destructive things on the inside as a way to compensate, to kind of like bring back some sort of existential balance or some sort of healing or wholeness neither of which actually resolve the source of what's going on. It's just ways to kind of dissipate the tension in the moment. And so that anger, yeah, cool. I appreciate where you're at. How can we begin to reframe that and, and move that? Because what is anger? Anger is almost always a way back to power when a person, man or woman, is feeling disempowered, right? Sadness, fear, hurt, guilt sit in those emotions you're not going anywhere. You're just stuck. And so getting into anger is the fastest way back to power, but it's a consumptive attachment. It's a form of rocket fuel and it will burn the freaking world down. So 
breathe and let's get to the core of it, not to make that emotion wrong. So anger, is, is a person angry because they have low standards or high standards? Mm. What would you say? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I've never been inquired. Do are people angry because they have low standards or high standards? Uh, I could say that I was anger because they weren't coming up to my standards. I can tell you that. So you had high standards that weren't being met. That's correct. Right. And then when somebody gets angry, is it because they don't care about things or because they do care about things? I think because they do care that mm -hmm. I, I, so we've got a high standard. Yeah, we got a high standard and we have a person who cares about what's going on. And is this a person who's going to sit passive or are they going to take action? Yeah, I would say that I'm one that's taking action, whether it's going to be um, I'm definitely not the passive one that's not going to take action. And that would right. be it, that it, listening to what you're saying there, that would be my pattern. Right. I would. Uh, y yes. I in, And then I'd want results afterwards. And then usually, right. guess what? I just do it myself, mm -hmm. you know? Right, which keeps you in that that field of one, can't rely on anyone, no one's here to help mm -hmm. me, no one's going to, it keeps you locked and isolated. So you can't actually like heal and grow past. So when you're not getting your result, go into anger, get the force and energy to break through resistance to accomplish, but then because you're not, you're, your heart isn't really in a place of anger. It's just a way you know to get to results. So then you start to tape off that fuel and then standards start to slide and then people aren't supporting you and then back into the anger again. So it's this loop that people get stuck on. Not that that's wrong. It's just, is that pattern getting you where you want to go? So that first step is just to help draw awareness and go, okay, cool. You have high standards and you're passionate and you're an action taker. Now, how can we dial that in to get to the results you want instead of keep focusing on the results you don't want. And that's why we have to define that compelling future. What is it that if you had it all your way, get rid of the word deserves, get rid of what's possible. If you could have it all your way, what would you want? And as we define that, we can build it because somebody somewhere is living at that level or beyond. And there's a pathway. We just got to figure out a way that works for you. That's authentic. Like you said, getting in a drum circle, singing Kumbaya, like that's not you. All right, cool. Mm. Then don't do that. But what is you? And then we can dial in on that and then create that custom strategy. That's why I, I keep my client count low because I work deeply with select group of guys to like get to their results quickly because it's, it's, you've had your whole life this way. Cool. Let's change that. Yeah. It's yeah, just, just, uh, yeah. Listening to you, uh, definitely. Uh, super good nuggets in there too, by the way, just listening to what you're having to say. And I, I guess kind of, uh, you know, using me as a guinea pig here on, on what it is, because I'm pretty, you know, I put it out there pretty good, but I also know that that kind of driven, driven people and stuff like this um, being, being uh, short, you know, yeah, that's, that's what people will say about me mostly, right? Man, he's hard to approach. He's, you know, he's short. I, I you know, I, I get right to the point. I really don't, I don't beat around the bush. Uh, I'll tell you exactly how I feel right then and there. That's perfect. And I, I the direct, direct, you know, on the disc profile D decisive, direct, cool. So with Mark, you know where you stand. And if you want someone who's going to tell you what, it, what he sees, how he sees it a hundred percent, he's your go-to guy. If you want someone that's going to be more gentle and effuse and flowing, maybe it's somebody else, but Mark's mm -hmm. going to hit you right between the eyes. If you're open, like, bam, cool. Like, like, so, yeah, recognize that. that. That's perfect integrity. I love it. Right. So 
listen, you know, it's weird. I tell everybody this to one time. One thing I can tell everybody, if they can take some ownership in themselves and know where their shortcomings are, because you can't work on anything when you lie to yourself that you don't know where your shortcomings are. And I know where mine, I know where mine lie and I work on them still, even at 62 years old. I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) you know. You know, and I, I'll sit in my office. I tell everybody this story all the time. Everybody that knows me. I am very notorious for coming in my school and just kind of brushing by everybody that that's there taking class and stuff like that. And I kind of beeline to my office and I got a lot of stuff on my mind. And and then I come in here, then I sit down in the chair, just like I am right here working on some stuff. And then I go, I didn't say hi to everybody out there. I got to get back up and I got to go out there and greet everybody that is here because they want to hear from me. And I, you know, I don't know why it is. Uh, I'm like that. I really don't know why it just happens. And so, but I know this and I tell everybody, if you don't have some extreme ownership in, in where, where your shortcomings are, and maybe that's the other thing, this is where I feel that uh, to help, I guess it's just not men, but my, my way the, you know, as we talk about me, if we're going to talk about me, when we, when I have a business meeting, right, I'm pretty direct. I don't really want to hear a bunch of, I want to hear results. I don't want to hear the story on how it got the results. I really don't mm-hmm. care about any of that. Right. And, you know, sometimes I don't know if I cut people off because they want to tell me all their steps they took. Right. And how hard they worked. Mm-hmm. Well, if you got the results, I already know how hard you worked. I don't, right. that's not a, I don't, I don't need to hear the story. Right. I just need to see what is, did you, the results, you got that, you're, you're here. That's excellent. That's a good job. It's just what I wanted. How do you help those with all these different personalities, Jeremy? How yeah. Do you yeah. Help so, those? And it, because it comes right back to your children, right? Cause mm-hmm. like I told you, man, my kids are not at, even my oldest son, he's motivated in his own way. He's just not like dad. He's just not like the, you know, me. Right. So, how do you go about, uh, you know, coaching through some of that stuff on on how to meet people where they're at, so they feel comfortable with you? Yeah. So, so let's so talk about that. Two two frameworks. Number one um, is really simple overview. What's what's two plus two? Four. What's five minus one? Four. Eight divided by two. Four. Two times two. Four. So which one's the right way? Mm. Some people add, some people subtract, some people divide, and some people multiply slash amplify, right? It's just their personality type, spring, summer, fall, winter. Like, like you can associate it lots of different ways, but it's about the more I can create room for people to breathe and operate as themselves and in their own integrity, the easier it is to guide them and direct them. If I judge them, I'm cutting both of us off at our knees because you know what it's like to be judged. And someone could tell you the exact perfect right thing to do to do but they're judging you three fingers salute read between the lines don't care what you say right Right. yeah so that that first step add subtract multiply divide there's lots of flavors and even somebody who is addition two plus two cool what about sequential one plus one plus one plus one what about bell curve one plus two plus one so there's there's flexibility in the approach i like what you said about you got the results so you're rigid in result i know what we want to achieve the the flexibility and approach for some people, for them to have completeness, they have to give you the context of how they did what they did so that you understand the journey. Not because they, not because they need you to understand the journey because they need, they, that's how they process. So if I want them and I want to motivate them, cool. 
I need to give them more breadcrumbs in the trail for them to connect the dots and take action because they need lots of inputs to arrive at one output. Cool. And so there it's, it's just playing between how much triangle and how much circle. Triangle is more masculine, more left brain, more dialed in, delete the unessentials, get to the effing result. Don't care about the rest of it. I don't care about how you feel. I don't care about just, just mission, mission, mission. The circle is that feminine right brain sensation, experience, smell, touch, taste, feel, loosey-goosey. Cool. Cook spaghetti is that feminine circle or that right brain circle, that masculine left brain diagonal straight line just <clears throat> cool. How, where are we on that continuum? Where are we on that spread so that I can then dial up or down as the leader? Because my goal is not just get to the result, it's bring the team with me to the result. Because mm -hmm. I can be right and I can get results and burn through people. So if you've got like a high turnover or people just aren't going on the journey with you, there's a question of how am I matching their mental and emotional needs, not just their accomplishment needs. And, and that's where it's like having some more behavioral flexibility, some more frames of reference and models. We can expand because, again, I just want the result. I don't care about being right. And so, you know, when you said you come into the school and you're dialed in because you're in your triangle and, and you've got your sequence and you're not ready to be approached yet, that's more of a, a cat mode versus a dog mode because cats are just my time, my place. I come to you. You don't come to me. If you come to me, it's going to be tense because I'm not ready to be approached. What are you doing? But in that dog training mode or that dog experience, it's sort of I love everybody and I want to talk to everyone. I want to shake everybody's hands. And how's everybody doing it? What's going on? And I'm sure in certain contexts, you have that exact same energy where you're just excited. And I just want to connect to everybody and that, that, that. But when you're in leader mode, you've got to get yourself to a place so that you're ready to work. And then you can open up to that other side. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's totally, uh, totally right on the money, right? That's, that's definitely I'm listening to what you're saying and, and, and how do you, you kind of approach all that kind of stuff. That's, that's definitely, definitely uh right up my alley yeah, it's, re I, it's really good i don't it's like really good you know i tell you every time i do these podcasts i tell everybody i said i'm spoiled because i get these people for an hour and yeah. usually my only my only reference point is myself so yeah you know you get a lot of me in my in in you know i beat up on myself quite often to let others know that even at my age there's there's things that need to be learned mm -hmm. and there's things that need to be unlearned yeah. Even at this, because it's so look at that. Your baby just got got into the camera. Yeah. Where's she at? Yeah. See. This is my daughter, Miss Evie. Hi. Here, pop on for a second. Come on, pop on. Say hi. hi. Oh, look how pretty she is, too. Yeah. How we, you doing we, today? You good? How you doing, Miss Evie? You good? Use All your right. words, please. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Did you need something? Yes, because you said that you were going to change the settings of um just play in my account then because i can't stop right now okay okay we we have we have a deal on time and management and we're we're working on yeah, we're working on it see the see it's still it you're always in dad mode it does not matter it does not matter and nope. it doesn't matter to your kids no they don't care they don't really care i had a so, i had a client that's perfect well, I had a client who sold um, hospitals computer systems. And so, you know, he just did like a, a $2 million deal and his five-year-old doesn't care. $2 million means nothing. 
but uh, he has $20 in his pocket. <gasps> Dad, how many gumballs can we get with $20? I mean, that's like real money, $20, $2 million. <laughs> It would break my brain. I'm five. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. It's so true. It's so true. I wouldn't miss I, I wouldn't. Uh, it's funny. I, I tell everybody this at the last black belt test. I, watching watching my young youngins all grow up mm -hmm. and to, you know, and then to them to expand into their own schools. I was telling them, I said, there's I cannot tell you what's funner me getting on the mat and and doing jujitsu with my kid on his test and all the other higher ranks that's been with me forever. Mm -hmm. And then they're testing me, you know what I mean? You know, because they're going to test the master, man. Oh, yeah. Day, oh, yeah. You know, and they want that claim to fame to get the tap. And, of course, my son's the one that gets it. And I'm just like, you, I, I am going to beat your little ass, man, come on that mat. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. It all I comes said, at a cost, better, punk. I said, you better. Every, every win comes with a cost, and it's coming. That's right. And so right. Um, my, my, my son's like, yeah, but I still tapped you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh I'm just going to, oh yeah and it's, so it's so much fun it's just it's been so much fun so I, don't, I really don't know as i sit back and watch the growth of everybody else what's what's fun or me in the, in the midst of it getting after it or watching the growth that comes from it it was there's so much emotion that happened on this past saturday that i just didn't know where to uh that's awesome where to direct it you know what i mean so one of the things really we good. look at in, in the kung fu culture in in the best families because not all not all the families are, are healthy necessarily but like as a as a as a master right so we look at we look at like grandmaster moyat which is my sifu's teacher or grandmaster benny ming which is my teacher we don't look at the students to see how good you are as an instructor we look at your grand students because if you taught your students correctly they will teach their students correctly and so the second generation proves two generations back that like you were onto something you had value you added something solid to humanity versus you were all about your ego you were all about yourself you built this thing this edifice to just you and that's it and so that continuity is really a key concept so that like when i would meet parents and they bring their kids into me like i'm looking at your kid and the kid they're going to raise based on where they are right now and i know the parents aren't thinking about that i'm looking at my my daughter and my stepson thinking about their kids my grandkids going where are we at what direction are we going what challenges do i see where do we need to smooth out some rough edges not to make them wrong but just how can we make their life more effortless Right. My, my daughter's eight. She has an investment account through Robinhood, through my social security number. But we're teaching her about money babies and money grandbabies, like interest and dividends. And so mm -hmm. she's like, when she gets money from the tooth fairy, 80% of that gets invested. Like we're, we're setting her on a foundation to just make her life easier going forward. And, and I think for you as the master in your own family line, seeing that second generation schools, the joy that they have training it's the coolest thing yes it i mean it was, it, it's 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 good and you know it's 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 and even though uh you know i got to succumb to uh age and stuff like that it it still is a fun thing for me to to uh for them to test me number one and you know know that I'm kind of the junkyard dog now. I'm not the old, I'm not the young pit bull anymore, man. I'm, I'm the young, I'm, I'm the old junkyard dog that has that one fight lesson left in him when he needs it. And then to watch the next generation come up and just know how bad ass 
is this next generation <laughs> going to be? You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. not just in ju- just in technique, but just in philosophy of this of this. You've gotten because I was telling you know I've told this story many times. I've I said what I had was one dimensional, and luckily my instructor let me go off in different dimensions and bring it back to our art, where mm-hmm. I felt we were we were weak in. I went and looked at it. And I've always been the self-defense fighting guy in not just forms. And so, Mm -hmm. and I would, my instructor let me, and then I would bring it back. And then we get more of this knowledge. And so I was telling my son, watching my son the other day, I was like, man, he's so much better at 30 years old than I was Mm -hmm. so much better. And like, like I I couldn't a hundred times better than what I was. And that's because of all the knowledge that he gets at this young age. And now he's got all this at 30 years old. What is the next generation he's going to raise going to look like? They are going to be a beast. Yeah. And I told my son, I said, you've got also a kick on mindset more than what we had. You are going to mold the next warriors, men and women of just, you know, of the next of the next thing. And that's the beauty of martial arts anyway. I mean, yeah, do you know 100%. anything else that the what what else what else can challenge a kid? What what out there besides martial arts do you think can challenge them that way? I think anything that takes a kid out of their comfort zone is a challenge, as well as takes the parents out of their comfort zone. Because there's there's basically you could plot people in three ways. There's our comfort zone, there's our gift zone, and there's our growth zone. And those are three different trajectories, three different spaces. But you'll never find. Your, where your gifts are if you stay in your comfort zone. You've got to get into growth to find, oh, this is what really delights me. Right? I had a, a family I worked with and mom and dad, military, college educated. One of their kids wants to be a grease monkey and they're like wanting me to talk to him about his thing. And, and I was like, oh, sure, I can, you know, I can do some due diligence with him 100%. At the same time, He's really mechanical. He loves taking things apart. So does he need to go to college? Is is that what he needs to be his best and live his best life? Or is that what you need him to do for some story? Because I have a friend who's a multimillionaire who runs an HVAC company with 63 employees, and he's a grease monkey. So, so I'm not mm-hmm. here to judge anybody in this equation. I'm here to evaluate what's going on and... Is this really about putting your son on the best foot forward? Are you concerned about his financial? Is you know, what is really going on under the surface beyond just the well, he's he's not interested in going to college. That might not be appropriate for him. Um, and be okay with that because that's his journey and his pathway. But I, I'm with you. You know, I, I would teach martial arts and I would invite people to come into the program and and you, know, you get the well, we don't have time for that because we're so busy with X Y Z. And I have two students who avoided being abducted. So. That was only because of the skills that, that they learned. One of them was in Vegas and two guys tried to throw her into a van and she got away from them. I get a text message from her mom randomly just to say, hey, you're amazing. Okay, great. Thanks. I agree. Tell me more. And it, it was the situation and it was like, holy crap. Like, and it had been, it had been probably 10 years since she had trained with me as a kid, but situational awareness, wrist releases, position of safety, sensible shoes, like that stuff still stayed with her to get to a position of safety and get out of danger, get out of harm, not try to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat up these two guys in the streets of Vegas. It's like, no, I'm going to get somewhere safe and where there's more people and, and make a big commotion and get lots of attention. Put a dollar amount on that. 
physically, mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Well, but no, but, but we're busy with tennis. Okay, cool. Tennis won't stop if someone wants to commit violence on your child. So that was always my personal tension of like, I don't want to like hammer on the parents with reality, but on the other side, how could you be so blind? Like your kids need to know how to be safe and nothing will give that to them. Nothing teaches kids how to assert themselves mentally and emotionally, how to create their own personal safety, how to respect and assert boundaries, how to really build confidence in a conflicting situation. Martial arts does that the absolute best, provided it's the right program for your child's personality. Because we teach conflict resolution on purpose, where right. yeah, every yeah, other yeah. sport, if you get in a fight, get out, other than like hockey, um, you get put to the side. So it's like, hello, every parent should do this, like like 8 to 12, 8 to 14, all your kids should do martial arts. And then, you know, 13 to 15, turn them loose on whatever. They'll have such an amazing foundation, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, emotional intelligence, following leadership and, and being able to lead. Like there's so many intangible and tangible skills. Like I could soapbox on that for like an hour, no problem. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> it, it. Well, I, I could do the same thing. I just want to get yeah. your, your expert opinion on what you thought, but then again, you're a martial artist. So, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the growth that comes from it and the growth is the same thing for an adult. If they can yeah. get out of their comfort zone, if they can get out of the, you know, I tell it all the time, you are a black belt and you're in what you do. And when you come here, you have to put a white belt on and there's some, there's some submissions that have to happen. And mm -hmm. you're in a place of authority in your own business. And then you, and, and, and some, some people can handle it and some people cannot, you know, uh, do that. So I, I've, I've noticed that for a long time. So yeah. you, so I was, I was going through your Facebook the other day, you know, I was kind of getting to know you a little bit more through what you post and stuff like that. And then I'd run across something about something on your Facebook that talked about, uh, you know, kids of today. And then in the eighties, it was the mods and. Oh yeah. 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 Right? Let me go pull that up. I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. Okay. I, I, I was like, oh man, it is so true. That is so true. And, and of course I, what hit me is the mods and stuff like that. Cause I tell my kids, I said, you know, I said in the eighties, man, you, you know, they thought the mods were the, you know, the guys in the long coats and, and they were dancing to come on Eileen and the roller skating rink. I said back in the day and everybody thought that those children were, it was just something that you had there. That was like, I was like, oh man, I remember. I said, I want to ask him about that yesterday, about what that is. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here, here was the post. It's these kids today with their hair and their music and their flouting of social custom and disrespect of the elders. Why, in my day, dot, dot, dot. And is that referencing the flappers, the gangsters, the greasers, the beatniks, the rat pack, the mods, the hippies, the punks, the yuppies, the wasps, the boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials? I forget. Which generation had it perfectly figured out, and why did they raise such messed up kids? And then I put a quote from Socrates, the children today now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in place of exercise. Children are now tyrants, not the servants of their household. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They can contradict their parents, chatter before company, gobble up the dainties at the table, cross their legs, and tyrannize their teachers. Socrates, 470 to 399 BCE. And it's like, Dude, y'all get off your high horse. Every single one of you, myself included. You kids get off my lawn. I'm the same one, man, because I I'm, I, I read it. I was reading through it, and I was laughing last night going, I am the ones that like, these freaking millennials, man. Yeah. 
And we were just like that to our parents and they were just like that to their parents. And it's been this way. We've been in a downward spiral in society since ancient Greece. Like all of the society of the entire world has always been on a downward spiral forever and always. (laughs) No, not really. Just different. If, If you haven't read The Fourth Turning, it's a fascinating overview of that whole concept. There's like four generations that create each other. And, and they roll through um, the brilliant treatise on the whole entire conversation, but it, it's so true. Well, these kids today, and it's like, but kids today are growing up. Technology is ubiquitous. It's invisible. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I had to do, we had an encyclopedia uh, uh, Britannica downstairs. I had to like look stuff up and cross-reference right. a Dewey decimal system. Kids today, just, just Google it. They're like, just, like they don't even know how to type it. You just press the microphone, say what you want, and it'll figure out what you want. And 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 are they wrong for that, or are they leveraging? Because no, 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 mm-hmm. we got to write. We got to do carrier pigeons. I mean, that's the real way to communicate. If you're serious, you'll send a carrier pigeon. Oh, nerf that telegram. Oh no, no, nerf that. Send a letter that takes two months to get anywhere on the planet. Well, even my kids back in the day, I said, this maps things is so awesome. I wish I had this when I was a pool man because I had a Thomas map guide that had to go flipping through this and Z back and back this where 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 you had to yep. go and how to read a map. Yep. And, and uh, I said, you know, it took me it could take me 25 minutes to get to a house that was 10 minutes away looking through the. The, the maps, Thomas yeah. Map guy, yeah, and I said, "Look at yeah, where we're at McNally. today. We, we pop, we pop in a, a, an address, and away we go." And, yeah. and remember, first it was a GPS, right? Mm-hmm. Getting a GPS, you thought, man, you just died and went to heaven. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like, wow, just a, and and what it is and how to leverage it, but and one solar flare, one EMP blows all that technology away. We're right back in the dark ages. There's no just in time ma- material management. There's no infrastructure. It's all you got to survive on your own again what yep it's 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 just one of those things you thought about i saw i remember reading through it and i was i said yeah that's quite a post right there and i said i am so guilty of that too because i'm always like uh, you when i step in when i step into a store and you're not even dressed you know what i mean yeah i'm like this little shit you know what i mean and so (laughs) And I think back in myself, I said, I wonder if I was like that. Was I a cocky little jackass like that? Yes. More and than like. So and I'm thinking maybe I was, man. Maybe maybe I was that way. And he just hasn't done it now. And I've got a son. My youngest son is a phenomenal salesman. And and I, he's been a top salesman at his guitar center. He just graduated college, right? Mm-hmm. And he's been a top salesman forever. And I said, I'm going to go watch him at work. I want to see what he does. And so I mm-hmm. went to Guitar Center one night and I said, hey, son, I'm going to come by. I'm going to look at some stuff and that I might want to get. But really, I was there to kind of watch him work. Right. And I can see why he's the top guy as a young guy. Somebody comes in, he asks their name. Hey, my name is Daniel. What's your name? Uh, I have a customer now. I'll be right with you. Don't you, you know, just give me a second. I'll be right with you. Addresses them when they come in. I was watching them. When he goes back, he remembers his name. And says, what, what, what exactly are you looking for? And I can give you my opinion. And then if you go with it, you go with it. If you don't, you don't. And I just watched him. And I says, man, he's just got natural people skills, man. Yeah. And he deescalates tension and pressure. Yeah. He's just so good at it. Right. And, and he's a lot, I'm good at that same stuff, but I wasn't good at that age at that stuff. 
I can right. tell you that this was yeah, a learning yeah. process for me to get there and and understand how when you talk to somebody, ask about their interests and all the kind of stuff that comes with it. But yep. he was so good at it. I was just like very impressed with what I told him. I said, this is why you're the top salesman. Yeah, I said. And, and those principles that he's applying have been true since time immemorial. That the soft side, that stuff never goes away. The, the expression of it changes a little bit, but the principles of it don't mm. you know and that's that's the same we see it in the martial arts like like a punch is a punch is a punch is a punch doesn't matter the emotion driving it the tactical distance a punch versus a kick versus a tackle versus a choke versus a sweep like th for the human animal that stuff has never changed all that changes is the expression or tweaking for context or in this particular situation versus that. So, so we always break, like there's a truth and there's a reality. Truth is unchangeable. It drives and is consistent. It's universal principle. Reality is the time and place that we live in now. That, that That's how our energy shows up. And so, you know, this is the, the, the deeper vision of how do I align with the natural systems? Then things get easier and easier and easier. If, if somebody wants to fight with you, you connect to their heart and change it and we become friends, you just killed another enemy because now we like each other and we can like amplify life. Imagine 8.3 billion people playing win-win games with each other. What could we accomplish as a species versus we're all in competition and trying to like get from each other? Ah, let me mm -hmm. just amplify what you got going on. And as you expand, that naturally flows back into me and to other people. And we all just look for how to give and how to expand each other. Life gets amazing. Yeah, it it's, it's, yeah, it's good. It's, that's good advice. Well, we've got you know as we're kind of wrapping here, but I want to talk. Let's take these few minutes we've got left here. We got this this roadmap to relationships mastery for men. Let's talk about what exactly that is and what yeah. you do. Okay, so so perfect. So that it starts with a quiz. I have a little nine section quiz for guys to self assess, and even when I work with couples, I have the partner like I have your wife assess you too of where she thinks you're doing because. We don't always see things as they really are. But what I've essentially discovered is that, and I've been working with guys and, and couples in a variety of life circumstances almost 30 years now, and there are nine key essential pieces that need to be in place. And if they're not, you can be manipulated, you can be wounded, you can be defensive. These nine are like the most fundamental. And I break it in, there's three phases. There's the child, the, the inner child, there is the man, and then there is the king. If your inner child is not safe, you will second guess, you will hedge, you will self-sabotage, you will get locked up in fault and blame and guilt and shame and get stuck in dysfunctional games. Also, when you apply power, you will scare your wife and kids because your power is not safe because it is a raging child, not energy being expressed. And so a lot of you know men's work, a lot of the men's space talks about power and dominance and control. And that's all good stuff. That's the second level, mastering the man. But if you haven't nurtured the inner child, that power becomes dangerous. And, and we hear people like, you know, Andrew Tate is the poster child for this. He's saying some things that aren't necessarily that bad, but he has a wound that he is defending and, re and responding and reacting to. So he's not safe. And his power is weaponized against others. So they don't feel safe in his presence. So a lot of women are not safe with him 
or they know that he's he's more of a predatory energy because he's like me first, me only, dominate, control, dismiss, you know, you're replaceable, all that kind of energy. It's like that's not someone who's healthy. Like mm. like you don't weaponize conflict like that to hurt other people to maintain control and dominance. There's there's something unhealthy in there. There's something internally. So you know, in my world, looking at and analyzing, it's like his inner child's not safe. Therefore, he has to overcompensate in the man because his inner child, he's protecting his boy. When you're solid in your inner child, you're cool. We can play. The, the, it, your inner child comes out to play and engage with other people's inner child. We have fun. We can relax, take the tension down. So that's the first two layers. Then that lead like a king at our best, protecting and providing and having a vision men are wired we love to be the hero we love to provide and protect not be the hero rescue but to help and to support and encourage and to amplify like like build stuff and make stuff happen and participate with people that's like the coolest but to get there we got to have power to make things happen and so mm -hmm. that's the sequence the boy the man the king we got to walk through those stages and so how do we how do we get into this stuff? Because it's all well and good to say, well, okay, I get I get what it is. Now how do I do that? And then I have like specific frameworks depending on, you know, where's where's the wound, where's the energy, where's the gravity. Let's start to build on that. So I have a client who who went through an assessment and problem solving, solid. And his identity, solid. And his providing, his income, not. And so when he doesn't make the money that he feels he should, he's solid in some areas, but the next level for him was his wound. And it goes to his relationship with his mom and never being good enough. And so when his work situation doesn't give him the financial results, he goes into a story and beats himself up not being good enough and, and I'm a bad boy. And it's like, we got to clean that up so that you don't get the result. Fantastic. You just got feedback. What are you going to change? What could you change? Because all the market's telling you is that particular offer doesn't work for us. Cool. Change the market. Change the offer. Change both. It's usually just change one. Because if you change both, you're too willy-nilly. But once we can take a step back and not make it so personal, it's just feedback, my friend. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to process it? That then then I can come in as a, as a strategic strategy guy, and and start to put ladders in place, and we can climb those steps. What made you What made you uh, lean towards helping the men? Did um, it come from something personal, or is it just something that you've that that you have a you have a knack or a calling for? Both. Um, I had some stuff happen to me that took me sideways at five and six years old and left me in a position I can't trust kids and I can't trust adults. And and for a long time, men were the enemy. And so I learned really, really easily, like men are easy to manipulate and control. Men, by nature, masculine runs in that dog mode. I want to be a good boy. I want to be part of the pack. I want to be loved. I want to be connected. But, but it's in action. And so it's really easy to weaponize against men. And as I went through my own healing journey, I saw just how open and exposed and vulnerable men truly are. 10 divorced dads a day end their lives because they are cut off from their legacy to their children and they are made the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's life would be easier if I wasn't here, which then puts more damage into the kids. And so 
because men are such good problem solvers and we're so decisive and take action, we make permanent decisions. That needs to change. And there's a lot of support for women. There's a lot of validation. I mean, we've got how many movies are coming out where the heroine is the main character and, and the masculine is in decline as the feminine steps to the front. And I'm not here to say, you know, that's some sort of agenda or some sort of something because I don't care the whys. I just see what and how the impact, like how many Disney princes are there versus Disney princesses, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm not here to point fingers at that. I'm just here to, to notice the cultural frameworks that people are being exposed to and where is that taking them? So that how do we get masculine strong, feminine strong, the world's an amazing place. Either one of them is in scarcity, things are unstable and dangerous. And so how can we appreciate both sides of the equation? How can we appreciate that and help men to be understood, but to understand themselves? Because so many guys, that they try to do a thing and they don't get the result and they get that feedback from their wife and she's mad or she's angry or the kids are upset. He blames himself and he drives himself into the pavement. And that serves nobody versus they're giving you feedback, my dude. And what are they really saying? What's the container? What, what's going on in their heart that they're having this verbal diarrhea, this verbal vent? It's not personal. It's not about you specifically ruined their lives. It feels like this thing between us is ruining their life as they understand it. But now we've added a bunch of flexibility to the statement. There's more room to breathe. Same thing, you've got someone choking you out on the ground. If you can create room to breathe, you're unstoppable. So how do we create that mental space? How do we create that emotional space? How do we create that physical space? The mental yeah, you, and emotional starts. Right? Yeah, that's definitely all, all that's right on the money. And the other what what you're talking about there is just the just the demasculinity of men anyway. If we are any room if we are remotely anywhere masculine, even though that's what women really are attracted to regardless of what you know what they say but what or what the media says not what they say but i've noticed the same thing that dads are always you know hence my post i did the other day i know it's almost uh you know father's day and it's it's just not something that's celebrated it's not like mother's mm -hmm. day mother's day comes around and it's every every corner of my street here there's you know they're selling flowers or whatever if, right. you know when and then a lot of things come around it says well there's not really a lot of good dads well guess what there's not always the best of moms either so that, i mean that that, right. that story that's just not the that that argument just isn't really that great as far everybody as eats concerned. everybody poops we all got mm -hmm. ish to deal with like none yeah. of us none of us are saints get over it so yeah. i'm not quick to project and, and make somebody else wrong because like i don't know they are where they are they did what they did but like, yeah. are we doing our best? Are we raising standards of, of ourselves and those around us? And if not, why not? That yeah. That's much more of the conversation I'm interested in having with people and supporting people in. Because when we heal the wounds, you stop bleeding on everyone and everything. And then you can contribute and add value. You only get a loving response or a cry for help. So anyone who's not giving you a loving response, you know they're not in a great place internally. Mm -hmm. Cool. What do you do with that? How do you help them? Should you help them? Can you help them? Those are all bigger questions. But just that realization, now you can stop throwing your stuff into their stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How? So what do you do with... Um, uh, after the assessment, when, when you have mm -hmm. it, do you, are, do, you ex, 
do you exclusively work with men or do you have or, or do you uh, is it could be family that you're working with? I could it could be family. Uh, usually it's men or couples. But, yeah, I've worked with families as well because it really uh -huh. is understanding and unpacking. Let's get rid of fault, blame, guilt and shame. You are where you are for reasons. Good, bad or sideways. Where do you want to be like that? That's always the question of, OK, we know where we're at and, and we know what pressures are on you. But if you had it all your way, what would you want? How would you want it? Because then we can, we can, you gotta own that, right? When I, when I work in a, in like a guy is dealing with dating or even building a business, I have what I call five to thrive. What do you need? What do you want? What would you love to give, love to receive? What are your musts and what are your must nevers? And almost nobody has that answer. Wait, you're married and you don't have that list. So how do you know you're winning? How do you know rules are being violated? Like, how do you, nobody taught me this stuff. Right. I know me either. That's why I did all this work prior to getting married. One time someone was interviewing me and my wife and I said, oh yeah, this is my first and second marriage. And she looks at me and the host is like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's my first and last. And, and it made my wife bust up laughing because she never <laughs> thought of it like that. But I'm like, yeah, I only want one. Do it right. One's enough. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's true. That, that is true. It, 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 it sounds, it sounds so simple, but man, I'll tell you, man, it's, that's a, it, that's a, that's a rough thing. Now, have you ever done a mastermind for men? Over uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually have. I have uh, the relationship mastery. So when, when a guy comes into the roadmap, really it's either are we going to do one-on-one -on -one or are we going to do small group? So one-on-one, -on -one, if you've got like a crisis situation or you've got something messy we need to deal with, cool, let's go get that. And then I have a, a community for support. And that's something new for me because I'm usually, I've always been like a gunslinger. I come in and let's solve the thing. You're good. Mm -hmm. Cool. See ya. Next problem. Next problem. And, and now I'm realizing like, no, there needs to be more community, more fellowship because guys can really pour into each other in different ways. Um, less about being vulnerable, more about being real with each other because we all have room to grow. Right. Th that vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's like a taboo word in, in the men's, uh, you know, I'm not going to be vulnerable in front of, uh, but to be real. Yeah. Just be real and raw. That's just dude. a different, cool. that's just a different, that's a different word altogether. And you can see how that can, that can, uh, like I told you before, right. That whole kumbaya thing. And we're going to yep. sit around and we're going to, we're going to discuss our feelings. No, nope. nah, man. But if we're going to sit around and, um, and you know, you want to talk about some real stuff and get, get real and get real topics that just has yeah. more of a, a feel that, that guys can connect. You know it has I mean? impact, right? Vulnerability is like like it's being done to you and there's no consent. But if I'm going to be real, I'm choosing to be real. I'm choosing right. to own this. And and it's it for guys like us that are more like harder edge, like throw the damn punch. Being real allows us to access that, not necessarily chip on the shoulder, but like, oh, you think you could handle this? I'm like, all right, throw the damn punch. Let's find out. But I've had a client with a six-year-old who said they wanted to end their life. I've had a 10-year-old girl that I worked with who had already tried to take her life. Aww. Like, like I've had some pretty messy, complicated situations. You think you're going to scare me? Good luck. Because I'm not here to be scared. I'm not here to be right. I'm here to help you get results. Right. And I'm going to be an asset and an ally and an agent. And I'm just going to like be here with you in this because I've been through some bad stuff and I got out of it. And I'm not leaving people behind if I can help. So good, Jeremy. That's yeah. so good, man. You, you, you're the right guy for the job, man, out there. You know, after you. having this hour, spending this hour with you, I am going to make sure that I push this out to some of my. And if we have any any you females that are listening today that are on my or listening to the show, even on on replay, uh, encourage encourage this to have your your guys 
throw it on. I'll have this in audio podcast probably by end of day. That way you'll have the audio portion of it also to be on my website. Awesome. And on my website also will be all the ways to get a hold of you, Jeremy. So uh, your bio that you sent me to be on my website also. It'll also be on the YouTube that we have. So people will be able to get a hold of you if they if they're looking for it. I will push it that way. I'm not sure if Jose is still. Have you got to get in, in on the CLA at all and and speak to everybody? Have you been to speak? I haven't yet, yet but we're we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, because because yeah, and I'm I'm actually right now I'm actively for people who have groups. Um, I'm looking to come in as like like a weekly or biweekly contributor on parenting and relationship and communication and even polarity. Um, to just add value to the conversation because a lot of what I do is a unique take on it. And I'm just here to help people get results. And, and in my world, suffering is optional and self-generated pain. Pain's part of the deal in life, but suffering we can have a say in and we can just shut it down. And, and how do you do that? Cool. Let's talk. Let's make that happen. Yeah. I think that, I think even that is going to be something powerful. And I think, you know, uh, when, uh, I might reach out to you after this and what I'm looking for on, cause I have also a group of men that all, uh, not just men, but women do, but have own owners of schools. Mm -hmm. I've got about eight, 10 owners of school. We meet about nice. once a month on a thing. I brought Patrick in one time, the IRS guy. Uh, maybe I should have you come into the group and talk about, we just talk about a little bit of uh, communications amongst, uh, amongst your uh, employees and amongst each other because yeah. It's it's another dynamic to have, you know, as far as in the martial arts world, it's a dynamic. And if I'm the leader, I don't, you know, I'm open to things, but how you approach it has to be talked about. Right. And, you know, you can't just, you know, there's a pecking order. And if you don't, if you don't abide by it, man, you, you know, I come yeah. down and you like a ton of bricks. So. Right. Well, it's, it's, you can't fix a problem you're not made aware of, but at the same time, there's a way to make you aware of things that leaves room for everybody to operate. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that and come in from like a client mindset, that's going to get fugly fast. Yeah. Right. When we talk about martial arts schools, there's clients, there's members, and then there's students. And those are three different animals because a yeah. client is a fee for service transactional. I'm paying, I expect. And, and in most schools, clients don't stay around for very long. You either change the mindset or you leave because it's just that entitlement causes problems. Members have a sense of belonging and they really feel like, I love what this place is. I love the people I'm involved with. And they have a sense of contribution. And then students are the, the practitioners, the people who really see this as a life path. And really this is impacting the quality of my life. It's making me better in every area. And, and I want to help volunteer i want to perpetuate it i want to become an instructor black belt and beyond mastery like like those are three different attitudes and if you don't have structures in place to identify that if you treat a client like you expect them to be a student and they're just a client it's right. such a mismatch and yeah. you know why do i have to do all this i'm not paying for that you know i don't want to do that it's, it's a lot of what i want and my convenience which isn't wrong but it's just it's a, it's a place to be so if you want a martial arts school like a gym and people just come in and out and whatever get more clients. But if you want to have some longevity, you need members and students. Perfect. I think we'll end with that, Jeremy, man. That was, this was a, been a great, uh, great hour. I will, I will reach out to you again and we'll, yes, we'll maybe we can get you on and, and we'll, we'll dabble in, in what to do to bring to the group. Cause I like to bring value to this when, when we, when we come on, uh, mm -hmm. when I have my leaders all on,
as opposed to just, hey, you know, how was your sales? How was this? I want some real right. impact on on how they can grow and maybe even, uh, you know, their relationships within their within their organization. Absolutely. All I'd right. love to be a contributor. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks so much, Jeremy, for this hour. Thank you, Mark. I'll, be, I appreciate uh, I'll, it. I'll let you know when the audio drops. You'll be the first one to know. I'll send it off to you in Messenger. Yes, Got sir. It? Sweet. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.